Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I had to let them fall. Destruction of myself, of the walls that I had built up. Welcome to Habits You Love, a thought-provoking podcast about self-love, self-healing, and spiritual evolution. I'm Kayla Fazio, and with each episode, it is my mission to expand your mind to what you think is possible for you and provoke thoughts of looking at your own healing you may need and help you discover the power you have within you to build healthy habits and create a life you love. Now, let's get to the episode. All right, y'all. Welcome back. Another episode, another week, more inspiration. Today is going to be a solo episode. No inspiring guests today. Just me all by my lonesome. I decided to do this in the comfort of my closet in the dark. (laughs) I was just feeling like I didn't want to sit at a desk. I didn't want to video it. I just wanted to be in my thoughts, make sure this message comes across exactly how I intend it to do. So today we are going to be talking about why you should welcome destruction into your life. And I know you're probably thinking that sounds horrible. Why would I want to listen to this episode? But I promise if you wait until the very end, you listen all the way through, you will really get some good nuggets, hopefully provoke your thoughts a little bit and make you look inward and look at your own life. Because this is really the reason why I do this podcast, because I personally believe the best thing and the most important journey you can go down is the journey of understanding yourself doing the deep inner work. And that has to start with hearing a message, something that resonates with you. Maybe you're hearing something in a different way than you've heard it before. And you have a little light bulb go off and you're like, huh, I've never thought of it like that before. Even just today, Tyler, we had lunch and he just sat down and he said he had this like revelation. He's like, I just saw this quote and it's something that I've never looked at in that way. And he's like, it just really resonated with me. And he said the quote, and I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that for a really long time. But for him, he had to hear it himself. And he had to be the one to resonate it with a certain way that that's not how I was saying it. But for whatever reason, it clicked and it kind of got into his brain. It provoked some thoughts Now he feels he needs to take some action on some things. And that's exactly why I do this podcast is simply just for you to hear a message. Maybe it sticks, maybe it doesn't, but I'm going to keep showing up every week and hopefully one of them does, if not all of them. So if you don't know, I haven't been keeping up. I am 21 and a half weeks pregnant, almost 22. I don't know where the time is going. I can't even keep up. I honestly have not, it hasn't really felt or kicked in yet that I am pregnant. I don't know why that is. I um, I definitely see it, obviously. That's really the only 
proof that I have is by looking in the mirror. I haven't felt anything yet. I feel amazing. I don't feel like I don't have any symptoms of pregnancy. So I'm just kind of living how I was previously other than getting a big old belly now. So I have so much to say about my pregnancy, my mindset around it, how I'm actually feeling, you know, not even having any anxiety about it coming from someone that didn't know that if they even wanted kids to now being pregnant. So that's going to be a whole nother episode that I'm going to do for you guys. Um, just, you know, going from that mentality of I'm free and I can do whatever I want. And I don't really know if I want kids to weigh me down to now getting pregnant and being so excited and just being really all in the feels. I'm having a little boy. And this has brought up so many thoughts and feelings of wanting to raise a strong man. So now it has me just reflecting on my own life a lot. And when I think about this little boy growing inside me, it just makes me think of all the relationships I have with the men in my life, my dad, my brothers, my past relationships, my relationships now, maybe the people that I come across in life on a daily basis, and even my own masculine energy, which up until recently was very much a much stronger energy than I had than the feminine energy. And that is just growing up being severely hyper-independent due to unmet childhood needs. And, you know, that need to perform for love and that need to drive and be so go-getting and, you know, just go, 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 strive, 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 build the business, do it all on my own, not need any help. And as I'm thinking of all these things that really have to do with masculinity, even within myself, I'm reminded of all the ways that I've taken risks and I've been an entrepreneur, like I said, just super driven, super go-getting. And simultaneously now, I'm feeling very much in my feminine energy. Doing things I normally would not have done in the past. Like I've been a lot more sentimental lately, even just... This weekend, I went out and I got three frames. I printed out three 8x10 pictures of Tyler and I when we got our pictures done just recently. Even just doing that is something I would have never done. I'm not really like a let's put pictures everywhere kind of person. And, you know, they're on my phone. Why do I need to print them out? And so I did that. Even just being a lot more of a homebody, just wanting to be on my own. We are writing letters to our baby. I even wrote him a poem the other day and it just kind of came out of me. I have been wanting to create something where I record something that he can listen to in the womb because I have these belly buds that I put on my stomach and I just was like, I want it to be my voice, what I want him to hear, what I say. So I wrote out this poem and y'all, I was bawling bawling my eyes out as I was writing this, reading it back, coming up with the words, and all my emotions just took over. So all this to say, I'm just thinking a lot about all the ways I've changed over the course of my life. And when I've changed or grown or leveled up, I ask myself, okay, what was happening when that happened? What was going on in my life or what had just happened to where I grew, I leveled up, I, you know, just had this massive change in my life. And the more I thought about it, it really came down to this one thing, destruction. 
or failure, if you want to call it that. Destruction of something, a failed business idea, a relationship, a job, all things that at the time when you would have asked me would have been a terrible thing. I thought that was ruining my life and that my life was over. Wondering why is this happening? What did I do wrong? Am I not good enough? Did I piss someone off? And then my people pleaser takes over and I'm like, how can I fix that? What am I going to do? And then the spiral of downward thoughts begins to immerse. But in hindsight, you know, where everything is 2020, clear vision, the destruction was what I needed. Even emotionally and actually emotionally was probably the biggest and most important to break down, to crumble, to feel like a failure at times because that forced me to grow in areas where I needed it the most. I'm going to give you three examples of when my life was destroyed and then explain to you why you would actually want to welcome destruction into your life. So growing up, I witnessed my mom always wanting to have it all together. And when I mean all, she wanted her marriage to be perfect, her four kids to be perfect, her house to be perfectly clean and tidy, put in order at all times. The 10 things she volunteered at, those all had to be perfect. Her friendships had to be perfect. I mean, she really tried to have it all together. And in the end, I think that was her biggest downfall, her greatest weakness. Because at a time where it definitely wasn't all together is when she was at her lowest. And I don't think she knew how to handle anything that wasn't perfect and wasn't in her control. So she lost control and lost control of her own self mentally, emotionally, physically, ultimately leading her to pull the trigger on herself. I inherited this trait. For a long time, I was running myself ragged, making sure everything was intact. My life, my reputation, my relationships, my jobs, and I never wanted to fail at anything. I would keep things going or keep them alive because the thought of something ending to me meant it was a failure, that I was a failure. And if it didn't work out, what would that say about me? That I couldn't handle it? That I couldn't handle the 30 things I would put on my plate and think that they would all get 100% of my attention? The first time I felt true failure was when my parents started slipping away mentally. In January of 2014, if you haven't heard my story or my family's story told by me, you will know that this is really when stuff started to take a turn for the worst. And four kids being raised by parents who didn't give us the emotional tools to handle anything other than the basic of needs started having real life stuff come up. And when real life stuff comes up, you gotta know how to handle it and where to turn and to be strong. And again, to have those emotional tools at your disposal. And when you have four kids that didn't have that and your dad starts mentally declining right before your eyes, like nothing we'd ever seen before in our family for 24 years, this is when I was like, um, I don't know what to do. 
other than literally the only thing I knew what to do was to just be physically present. I didn't know the words to say. I didn't have the inspirational, rah, rah, you know, motivational, we're gonna get through this. This is all gonna be okay. It was more like, I will sit with you at your side and whatever you want to do. You want to watch TV? I remember taking my dad on just like a drive one day and we just picked him up and I just literally no words were spoken. We just drove. And that's the only thing I knew how to do was just be physically present. So I just started feeling like I don't know what to do. And I feel like none of us have the answers for this. And then my mom slowly after that started declining as well mentally because seeing my dad in the state she was in. And then I think all of these thoughts were going through her head of like, I can't survive without my husband. He is my source. I am codependent. I don't have a job. I've never had a job. I don't know how to work a computer. What would I do if anything were to happen to him? What would I do if he were to divorce me like he said he was going to, which was ridiculous at the time. But again, just feeling like such a failure at being able to help the people that have helped me for the last 24 years get to where I was. And now the roles had reversed and I didn't know what to do. Had someone maybe given me emotional tools or mental tools, or if I had done some work on myself, maybe I would have had that. But to us, it was just like, well, this is happening and this is inevitable and hopefully they figure it out. So that was really the first time my life started to destruct. The second time I felt like a failure was ending my marriage. Phew. The shame that came from that. Unbearable. Living where I lived in the Bible Belt, growing up there my entire life, getting married at 24, you know, my life is on track, right? My life is on the timeline. I had gone to school. I had graduated college. I had a job. I was married. I, you know, the next thing would have been kids. And to want to get a divorce to me was the most shameful thing that I could feel because I knew there wasn't anything terribly wrong in our relationship. It was just like not going to work out. And we wanted totally different things. I wanted to go one way. He wanted to go another. And I selfishly at the time and being just so trauma induced with everything going on with my parents, my mother had just died. We were already on the rocks. And I just felt like again, a failure of I can't even make a relationship that really has nothing wrong with it work. And do I give up my life for what he wants? Or should he give up his life for what I want? And ultimately, it didn't work out. But I went to therapy for a year just trying to get a divorce. I would go in and I would say, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be strong. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna tell him. And then the next week or two weeks later, I would say, I couldn't do it. I don't know. Like, I'm so scared. People are going to judge me. You know, we go to the same gym. Everyone knows us. Like, what am I going to say why we broke up? Like, that we just didn't want it to work out. So shame and guilt just really took over my life. And I just felt like a complete failure of not being able to make this marriage work. And ultimately, I kind of had a little bit of regret of we should have never done this because now I'm in this position and I wouldn't be in this position if we never would have done this in the first place. The third time was probably the biggest because it was really three things in one going on at the same time. A little less than two years later after my divorce, 
I got into another relationship that went on for a couple of years, which you may have heard about. And having this relationship not work out that I really portrayed as a good relationship. The business we were building failed. And ultimately, I saw who he really was and how he was controlling and manipulating me. For two and a half years, I felt like the biggest failure. I had gotten into a relationship that I thought was my saving grace from all the trauma that I've been through. And this knight on a white horse comes rolling in and is like, I'll take care of you. When really all he wanted was to destroy my confidence, destroy my self-worth, destroy who I was at my core. When I was finally strong enough to leave the situation, I also had to leave California, my dream place of living since I was 11 years old. I moved out there three years prior with big dreams, big goals. And to me, getting in that relationship made me only focus on that and on him and his goals. So when it came down to me needing out of the relationship, I couldn't make it on my own in California with how expensive it is. And I felt like I failed at building up the networking and the connections that I needed to in order to be able to be like, okay, bye, I'm leaving. I can go get a place to rent. I can go to get a new car. I have a job. I have savings. I didn't have any of that. So my only way out was to completely leave the state and go to a safe space where I had free rent, I had a free car, and I could start my life back over. Within both of these things was the emotional destruction. This was my rock bottom emotionally. The beginning of 2020 sent me down a dark, unknown new path that would ultimately become the catalyst for who I am today, the awareness that I have today, the healing that I've done on myself and on the past. And this all came from being absolutely broken down emotionally, feeling lost, feeling hopeless, feeling alone. And let me tell you what these did to me for a while. It built walls. If you haven't already, I want to introduce you to TN Dickinson's, a brand families have trusted for gentle and effective first aid and skincare for over 150 years. I was blown away by the research I did on their products and how they can naturally heal wounds and tears. I was specifically looking on what to use naturally for postpartum pain, and I came across their Witch Hazel product. Witch Hazel is a 100% natural astringent and anti-inflammatory, gentle enough for daily use for anything first aid needs on the face and body. During postpartum recovery, it is most helpful for treating pain and inflammation that comes from swelling in your perineum, and this natural remedy can be a godsend for all of your perineum needs. You can use it to cleanse, soothe, and relieve oily, irritated, red, damaged, and blemished skin. There are so many other products to choose from at their website, which I will be shopping at. Learn more at www.tndickinsons.com. That's T-N-D-I-C-K-I-N-S-O-N-S.com. The experience I went through with my parents built up a wall of guilt and hyper-independence because if I saw them not make it, then there's no way it would work 
with anyone. The divorce built up a wall of shame so high that I thought running from my past, moving to California and creating a whole new identity in a new place would solve all of my problems. The toxic relationship in California built up a wall of insecurity, of doubt and anxiety that I felt like I was operating on robot mode most of the time, forgetting who I was, let alone how capable and courageous I had been up until that point. This is where I had to let the walls all fall. I had to let them be destroyed. They were getting too high. I couldn't see over them and I couldn't go over them. I couldn't go around them. I had to let them fall. Destruction of myself, of the walls that I had built up. But destruction of the walls was the only way I could rebuild it on a firm foundation. I also want to say how all of these events, mainly really the first two, really put up a wall between me and my faith in God. Growing up in a Christian home with Christian parents, being married to someone who we both shared a love for going to and volunteering at church, I never fully came out and said, oh, I'm so mad at you, God. Like, I, I'm, I'm mad at God. He did this. He's ruining my life. And it wasn't even an overnight thing of, of me turning my back on that, honestly. But I think unconsciously what was going through my mind was like, oh, well, if that's what it is to love God, then I don't want that. I don't want mental illness. I don't want to have suicidal thoughts. I don't want to abandon my family like that. I don't want betrayal and failure and all of this mess that comes with it because that's all I was seeing was destruction. I lost my faith for a while and really turned to myself, my my little old self, for thinking that I had the power, I had the power, the strength to fix it all alone. Going back to my hyper-independent mode that I don't need anyone, I got this, it's all me, no one's going to work as hard as I do, no one's going to do it the way I do, I would say, I, I just, I would say, I don't need anyone. But just within this year, I will say I've gotten back to, and I've really almost like said sorry to God, you know, kind of asking for forgiveness for thinking that this was him for blaming him for everything that's happened. And in this, I realized that yes, I am complicated. I am complex. I still have a lot to work on, but I am called to do something. And I truly did need to take years of my life in my own way to heal. And I don't regret the way that I did it, but I also, I wasn't relying on the power of God and what he can offer and help me and bring me through. To get me through all of that, it was very self-prophesying, very, I'm going to heal myself. I'm going to say my affirmations every day. I'm going to meditate this trauma away. And ultimately, I did. And I did get in a much better spot. But just recently, I've just, I hit a wall. And I even did a, a YouTube video on this. I was like, I'm in a rut. And I don't know why I'm doing all the things I'm doing the meditating, the journaling, the affirmations, I'm thinking positive thoughts, but it was exhausting. And I was anxiety ridden. Because again, I was putting everything on my plate. And looking back on my life before any of this happened before 2014. And I thought to myself, when did I truly feel at peace? And when I thought of the answer, it was 
I was going to church. I had a relationship with God and I surrendered things to him instead of thinking my strength, my power, my will, that what was going to get me through the hard times in my life. So I just wanted to add that in there in case you've been struggling with your peace of mind, your strength, and you're just tired and you're tired of doing it alone. I feel you. I get that. I did it all on my own for so long and I realized I don't have to and you don't have to. I'm like kind of coming into this realization and season almost of like, what do I want my brand to be? And when I really think about it, I want it to be a cross pollination or the intersection between healing and a relationship with God, because I feel like most people do one or the other. They either do the self healing and go down that path, or they are hardcore, extreme churchgoers, and they're not open minded to any other way other than that. When I feel like I've had the privilege of having both, I've done super inner healing and I have a relationship with God. And I feel like when you combine those two, you are unstoppable. I'm sure most of you have seen this in your life at some point. You're driving in an area of your town where there was once an old abandoned building or maybe a parking lot or maybe an overgrown area of trees that wasn't that pleasant to look at. And then one day you see a bulldozer and a dozen construction guys come in and tear everything down. They tear it all up. They rip up the concrete. The bulldozers are getting in there creating these big piles of dirt. And then for a bit, you're like, okay, wait, this looks even worse. Like you may as well just left it a parking lot. Now it's just these big old clumps of concrete piled up in these huge piles. There's dirt everywhere. This is more of an eyesore than when it was before. But then after some time, you see them building something. And then that something gets prettier and prettier. Maybe it's a new modern glass building. Maybe there's tons of beautiful landscaping. Maybe they put in a Starbucks in your favorite nail salon. I don't know what it is, but it went from parking lot, overgrown area of trees, such an eyesore to drive by. You're like, God, can't they just fix this? And then they do and they build something prettier. This is what destruction of your life can look like. Right now, it's an old abandoned building that no one wants to look at. It's an empty parking lot. It's a place everyone complains about, and even you complain about it because you're so tired of the way that it is, and you're tired of looking at it, and you just want it to be better. I want to speak to someone today who's trying to keep their life all together. Someone who's trying to resist destruction in your life. We need to let everything that can fall apart, fall apart. So we can know that which cannot fall apart will be the thing remaining. I don't know if that registers in your brain or not, but let me say that again. We need to let everything that can fall apart, fall apart. So when it does, we can know that which cannot fall apart will be the thing remaining. If you don't ever welcome destruction, you may never know things about you, the people in your life or the calling you are destined for. You'll stay in that relationship for way too long that you're settling for. You'll never leave that job Although you feel stuck, you can't climb the ladder any higher than where you are, but you're comfortable. You'll stay in that city you've outgrown when you would really love to be somewhere else because you won't let the things that need to fall apart burn to the ground so you can rebuild bigger, better, stronger. 
If you destroy something and it doesn't come back, if it doesn't work out, the opportunity doesn't stay in your life, then you know it wasn't for you. But you'll never know unless you're willing to let it go. That's what I mean by the the corner, the overgrown trees and the construction turning into a beautiful Starbucks and a Chick-fil-A and a nail salon and an Ulta. At one point, you're like, this is never going to get any better. But you have to tear it up, let it fall, let it burn to the ground, let the building be destroyed so that something much better can be rebuilt. These are the ways that you know that you're ready to level up in life. You're ready to welcome destruction. You're ready for something to be rebuilt because you know that that eyesore you keep driving by that everyone complains about and that you complain about too needs to change. So you welcome destruction. You're willing to leave the relationship and break your heart so it can be healed for real this time and be more confident and worthy for the next one. If you're stuck in a relationship thinking they're going to change one day over time, he'll see it. She'll see it. She'll know what she's got. He'll know what he has in me. And when it doesn't, you're wasting your time when you may as well just face the destruction of that relationship. Face moving out, packing all your stuff, living with a friend if you have to, moving states if you have to like I did. I completely destructed my life, you guys. I went from living in a $8 million beach house in one of the top three most expensive zip codes in the United States. I was neighbors with Kendrick Lamar. Uh, We would go to lunch with him and his wife. And then the next thing you know, I'm living at my grandma's in her spare room, driving her used slug bug, trying to make ends meet, trying to have enough money to pay the bills, trying to have money to go and buy healthy food, which I like to eat. That was destruction of my life. Another thing is you're willing to break the marriage so it can actually be restored for real this time. Maybe you and your spouse... (sighs) You know, you keep talking about it. Maybe I should leave. Maybe I should separate. Maybe I should move out. You know, maybe we need a break. It's like, maybe you do need a break. Maybe you need to completely destroy your marriage. Start from scratch. Start dating again. Act like you just met for the first time and figure out what you really love about each other in this new season of your life because you're going to change and you're going to be different people, different stages of life. But you can't restore it when you aren't willing to let it break in some way. You're willing to leave friendships because you feel like you can't be the person you're called to be with these people in your life. Who is holding you back? Who is every time you're around them, you feel it. You know how you feel it in your gut of like, God, I just feel like I'm trying to level up and they're just trying to go out and party. And anytime we hang out, it's just going out for drinks. And then I don't get my stuff done and then I drink too much and I'm hungover and I don't get stuff done the next day. Who are these people that are keeping you from your calling, from your destiny? Maybe you've been friends with them for 5, 10, 20, 25 years even, but you see them going down the same path. You see them doing the same things. You see them not growing, not leveling up, not challenging themselves. And you're like, okay, if they keep doing what they're doing for the next 10 years, they're going to be in the same spot. Are you willing to be in the same spot with them as well? Sometimes you got to lose people. It's just the way of life. Think about all the people you have lost up until this point, and that is no different. And sometimes even leaving friendships like that, improving yourself, and then letting them see you in action actually might inspire them to do the same. 
but just conforming to their ways and just doing everything they're going to keep doing will never get you anywhere. You're willing to let people go because they are giving you an ultimatum between them and the business you want to start. Whew. Do not be with anyone who can't be with you at your worst and expect to be there at your best. Do not be with anyone who isn't willing to sacrifice with you, for you, on things you are passionate about. If someone is saying, well, if you start that business, I'm sorry, this just isn't going to work out. You're going to be gone. You're going to be busy. You're not going to have time for me. When really isn't the ultimate sacrifice that we make is to create a life we love, is to create time You have to be willing to let go of the people who are standing in your way of your purpose, of your calling. And that might be romantic partners, friendships, a boss. If your boss is telling you, you can't pursue that passion on the side, maybe it's time to completely destroy this area of your life and rebuild. This is why God will bring you heartbreak, destruction, trauma, because it gives us the opportunity to break those walls down and break the generational curses on our lives, not to harm us, not to hinder us, but to build a stronger foundation to then build upon, right? So many of us, and I was the same way, you guys, so many of us are just willing to stay in things and accept things in our lives because it's more comfortable. It's more familiar to just deal with it than to let it burn to the ground and to do the work it takes to create beauty from broken pieces. No one wants to admit they have broken pieces. Not me, not you. I don't want to admit that, but I do. And every time that I have entered into a new season where, yes, I'm going to look different. I'm going to be doing things differently. You may not see me. You may not recognize me when you see me, but when you see me come out of that season, you'll be wondering how I did it, how I broke through, how I can be so at peace with everything I've gone through. That is one of the things that I do hear a lot from people. If they hear my story, if they know me and they see what I'm doing now, they're like, God, you're so strong. You're so inspiring. You've been through so much and look at your life. How do you do it? How are you okay? Because I've gone through seasons of destruction and you didn't see me when I was in hiding in my hole, fighting every day for my life, for my mind, for my body, for my emotional well-being. You didn't see that part. You see the great relationship, the strong body, the dedication to my mental health, but you didn't witness the destruction that took place or the season when it wasn't pretty. You're seeing the finished product. And really, truly what breaks my heart is that people will never get to that place. Just, you know, fake happiness all the time. Holding on to what I know, even though it's actually tearing me apart. But the thought of that season of destruction sounds worse than a lifetime of bitterness and unhappiness. Never truly knowing your full potential and how much stronger you can be when you rebuild. One of my favorite quotes that goes perfectly with this. A major breakdown can open doors to several breakthroughs if we're willing to lean into the discomfort. So where do you need destruction? What walls need to come down? Who are you worried about upsetting only to keep yourself unhappy? What struggles are you picturing yourself going through even before they happen, which I think trips us up even more. Like, if I do this, this might happen, this might happen, this might happen, this could go wrong. Like, we start 
planning out our future when we have no idea what's coming next, you guys, ever. In any moment of time, we have no idea what's coming next. How do you know the other side of this destruction isn't 10 times as beautiful as your life right now? You might be thinking, I don't want to raise these kids on my own, so I'll take the abuse. I don't want to dip into my savings to quit my job to start my passion job, so I'll stay in this toxic work environment forever. I do not want to face my painful past. I have been through so much. There's no way that I could face that. So I'll just live in this trauma that's costing me my sanity, my relationships, and my mental well-being. I promise your life won't be a construction zone forever when you do decide to take that bulldozer to it. It may be for a season, but think back to everything you've seen been torn down before and was replaced by something so beautiful. You wonder how anything else could have been there, right? That can be you. That can be your life. You just have to welcome it.